Boo. Hey you, how are you doing? How's life? Trust you're in good health and in good shape. It's been two weeks without you. And in those two weeks, man, I've been ill, I've recovered. A lot of things have happened around me. Different things have happened in the world as you know it. And in this short while, I've had a little time to think about time and life. A lot of things happen around us, and one minute you're here, one minute you're gone. And I mean, maybe when you're sick, you start appreciating good health and life a little bit more. But when you're dead, you can't appreciate life because you're gone. But let's see the lessons I learned about life and time till another day. Probably that will be part of the next version, the next, probably that will be part of the next stint of the isolation journal. But I mean, it's all well and good, it's all well and good. So in this week's episode, we're joined by Bimbo. Who is Bimbo? Why Bimbo? I can't answer that now. But as the episode goes on, you'll find out why Bimbo chose to speak to us today. From everything that she said, what I particularly picked out was that you have to be grateful about where you are, about this present moment. You have to celebrate small wins. And in the end, when you celebrate those little things, you can move on to greater things. Because in all this process, you realize how the little things are worth something. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Now we can have our national anthem. One, two, three. Hello, Bimbo. Hi. So, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Hi. I'm pretty good myself. Uh, hope you're in good health. Yes, 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 I am. That's the word I was pulling through. Oh, okay. Yes, um, good afternoon, good evening. Are you in America, in Canada, or are you down here? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's fine then. Okay. Um so yeah, how's life treating you? How's life treating you? How's the life of a CEO, life of a boss? You see, I'm not the boss, You're not the boss, then what are you? I'm just bimbo. Thank you for your regular that's not woman. If I search your Twitter Twitter handle, that's not what I'll see there, you know, right? <laughs> what did you see on Twitter? I saw something, something Warrior NG as well as the what do you even get? let me bring it out to tell you the exact words that were used by Twitter on that platform. Oh my Because I oh it's God. even on Google. If you check Google, you will see at Warrior NG Greenball there Chief CEO or what do you call that thing? So don't come out here trying to deny your I'm supposed to add first of a kind to your name, and you're coming out here trying to say that it's not you. Oh my God. You're denying yeah, yourself. Okay. I'm still bringing it up, but don't think I forgot. I'm bringing it up. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Let me show you. Uh, Please bring it up. Let me see. Exactly. Do you know your genotype and blood group? SCD genetic counselor. Uh-huh. Warrior story. Engineer. Engineer. Okay. It's engineer. 
No, I don't listen. Engineer at Toyo Meditex. But somewhere or somewhere in the world is chances you are the CEO. So are you the CEO? Are you denying your role? No, I'm not. Exactly. I can't even deny it. Exactly. Thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to One Day at the Time the podcast, Mimbo. Thank you for agreeing to be here with us. Yeah. So um wow. this week we're trying to we're trying our best to celebrate sickle cell awareness. As and on the, on the as of, as of when this episode will be released, which is Friday the nineteenth of June, it will be the official sickle cell awareness day. And yeah. like I told you when I slid into your DMs for this interview, uh, <laughs> you were the top result on Google. I don't know whether you hacked Google or you're actually the, you're the baddest and biggest Nigerian out there, but that's what came out. So argue with you, not me. <laughs> I'm not a guy. A lot of us doing amazing things in spiritual space. Like, so many people doing different things, and I also draw inspiration from them. Okay. I don't know, maybe because I've been using Google a lot recently, so who knows? Okay. So, you're trying to be humble, basically. Yeah. Yeah, let's keep it that way. Blow your trumpet, so you don't know who hear the trumpet. <laughs> That's all I can say. I mean, I mean, so, like my husband. Okay. It's a loud, cloud, it's loud, it's loud. <laughs> yeah, so um, let's start with a brief introduction. Who are you, Bimbo? Who are you? Who exactly are you? Well, as you know, I'm Akimbola Ojiasi. I'm 29 years old. Okay. I live with sickle cell disorder. Okay. Um, I'm a biomedical engineer, a sickle cell advocate, and a counselor. Okay. And I also have a startup business in medical technology mm. where I repair and manage medical equipment. And I also have a day job as a biomedical engineer in a hospital, Lagos Medical Hospital, actually. Oh, nice. That's how's that Pretty much my life. So, how's that going? Well, it's, it's quite stressful to be honest, but. Um, I would say I've gotten to the point where I've been able to balance myself. I've known when to slow down, when to stop, and when to continue. So it's just about finding a balance. It's quite stressful to be honest. And, and then there are sometimes I just want to overdo. And when I overdo, I land in the hospital. But okay. that's part of life, I guess. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Now, um, for those of us who are illiterate in the medical field, what exactly does it mean to be, have sickle cell disorder? Let's assume we're in we're all in crutch now. It's a lot. It's a lot to be honest. Um, sickle cell is actually a genetic blood disorder. You don't get it by touching somebody. You only get it from one parent or the from one of both parents. Yeah. And it comes with um, a lot of complications. You see people with stroke, um, pain, and some people get paralyzed, some people have avascular necrosis. Um, it's a lot, and sometimes death. So it's quite it's quite challenging, but a lot of us are finding it to pull through. That's, that's really nice to hear. Like. Um, which is one of the reasons why I'm actually 
happy you agreed to speak with me on this because i mean even you earlier told me that uh, you're just recovering from an incident yourself yes so yes i'm, I'm yes i'm like last week yeah i think that was just before the june 12 holiday okay well, I was feeling fine the whole day, and then the next thing, around three o'clock, I started crying pains with things that, and thankfully my husband is a doctor, so he was able to give me, let's say, painkillers and all that, so I was able to manage myself before getting to the hospital. No, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. Like, uh, it's good to hear your perspective on it, because as a person, the closest I've ever been to knowing or having a physical experience is a physical experience about sickle cell is uh, a few months back I met someone, a nice person mm-hmm. who yeah. who was who felt like the right person. Okay, scrap that. <laughs> I met a nice person, <laughs> and where I'm, where where I grew up, there's this saying like back in school we used to say there are many fishes in the ocean, but good fish is the best. So I admit, uh-huh. but good fish is the best. <laughs> don't don't yeah. don't criticize the the parable. The parable is is perfect to it is. So basically, I admit uh, this person, and I'm trying to you know try and see if this is the good fish that everyone is talking about. But. Uh, yeah. Upon finding that out, she then told me that uh, she was a yes, and I'm also a yes. Mm. And her fear was, mm. are you sure you want to do this and bring an SS child into the world? Or, or live with the probability of that happening? And she made me think a lot, but she said she's not doing this. That she can't, she can't even bear the thought of it because she knows and she has seen a number of them and the amount of stress they live through. So for me, that's the closest I've been to this kind of situation. But it's nice to meet you and see that you're thriving despite everything. Uh, Some people count it as different things. People count it as, like even on Twitter, you see people shouting at me, um, relax fam, we know you're here. You don't need to die. They're living their best life. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, it's nice to really hear from you. Uh, this is it's a little bit touchy for me because I've thought about so many probabilities in my life. So yeah, by the way, that's how I lost my goldfish. Well, that's fine. That's all. That's okay, goldfish. Yeah, so that's that's fine. Yeah, well, for me, I actually believe marriage is more than genetic. And some people might think, oh, this is crazy. Yes, how is she doing this kind of thing? But to be honest, you can't say you marry this person and then. In the name of genotype, and then you enter the marriage, you start facing different kind of things. What the science told me that such. So most of the time, I just advise people to educate themselves on the options they have. Do research, go to a doctor, go to an hematologist, go to a, um, a facility specialist, educate yourself and make your own decisions. Oh, okay. And then again, no matter how much you tell people, no, yes. And AS or AS and SS don't marry whatever they want to do, they will do. So the important thing is just educate yourself on the options you have and then make your own decisions from there. Mm. That's basically what I tell people. Because then again, science has gone forward. There are different options people can do to have child, to have a child that 
who's in whom the SS. So people might even be so lucky that they, after a war, children, they have, none of them will be SS. So there's always that possibility. But the important thing is to educate yourself. You and your spouse, educate yourself. See all the doctors possible. Get first opinion, second opinion, third, fourth is possible. And make your own decisions. Okay. Um, so um, thank you very much for that. Um, I mean, you're married, I'm not married, so getting marital advice is always welcome. You know, we host our material, we like to we gather all the experience we can gather for our life. Yeah, so um, speaking on this, I would like to know your story and any way you could share it. Okay, let, let me start from here. When did you first know or understand your body? Um, okay, the thing is, well, I'm part of the few people that don't have sickle cell that bad. Yes, it has its challenges, but I'm very, very lucky or grateful or blessed to be among the few people that don't have it that bad. Um, I was actually diagnosed when I was two years. And, yeah, but my parents didn't tell me what was going on. They just made... You know, African parents don't do this, don't go out in the rain, don't jump, don't run, don't do They'll give you a list of don't, 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 don't. And they didn't tell me why they were telling me not to do those things. But they knew all along. I didn't know what was going on with me. I just, I just knew whatever I did, they told me not to do. Whenever I do it, I'm always in pain or one issue or the other, or I'm going to the hospital and all that. They didn't. And interestingly, I was never curious to know why they were telling me not to do all those things or if I do all those things, this thing will happen to me. Not until I got to university. Yeah, when they told us to do our medical, so we had to do genocide, blood group and all that. And if you see my picture, you see I'm a little bit um, on the big side. So... Really? And you know, the, yeah, you know the impression people have about sickle cell patients, they are skinny, they have big foreheads, they have, they, are, they have big tummies, and they are very skinny. You know, people have this idea, I'm looking very sickly, and I don't look that way. So when I got my test result, and I saw essays, I was like, ah, what's this man? The man even, and he was even trying to educate me, don't, I was like, ah, no, this man is just saying rubbish. I can't be SS. I was going to tell you, look at me. Can you see me? Do I look like I'm SS? So you can imagine. And then I got home and I showed my mom the result. That still, look at the year result. This people have started again. They are giving me wrong results. And then that was when she sat me down and started explaining that this is why we've been telling you, don't do this, don't do that. This is why I usually take medications every morning and all that. So... When I was not aware of the condition, I started learning more. I started understanding how to take care of myself and all that. So, and that's one thing I try to encourage parents to let their children know on time. Let them know on time. Let them understand this thing very early and also they will know how to take care of themselves. And they even teach people around them because it starts from when we were small. By the time you start teaching and educating children, all this stigmatization and all this will reduce by the time they get to adulthood, all this bullying, stigmatization, and all. She doesn't come to school every day, or she's the teacher's favorite. 
okay, who understand why? Why is not coming to school every day? Or why the teacher has a particular interest in these students? So by the time you're teaching children early enough, they already understand these things. They already know what and what to do. Oh, I have to be drinking water regularly. They know why they're drinking water regularly. They know why they're taking these medications regularly. They know why they're not supposed to be playing under the rain or running or jumping from one story building to the other and stuff like that. So that's basically how... from one story to the other. I have some nephews that are always, oh my God, their energy is on another level. So they're always jumping from one table and all that. So, mm. so that's basically how I found out. I didn't know until I got to university. But my parents knew and they were taking, in fact, God bless them, they did their very best to make sure I had access to the best here and did everything possible for me to be where I am today. And since then, it's been one bumpy ride to another. I've not really had any major complications like that. Um, just pain, irregular pains, and not and the pain. Oh my God, you can't. I can't even begin to explain it. It's not something you want to wish on your enemy. It's really excruciating. Yeah. So that, and then I think maybe like five years ago. I started having constant pains on my hip, and then I went to see the hematologist. That was when I found out that I had um, a vascular necrosis of the hip. That's when there isn't enough blood supply in that particular pore, so it begins to eat, and it's really painful. Like it's like living in pain every day. So most of the time, I depend on painkillers to ease the pain. But thankfully, because we found out early, I haven't gotten to the stage where I can't walk or where I have to use a wheelchair or where I have to do a total hip replacement. Even though it's something I'll be considering later, but at least I'm managing it properly now and I'm doing very fine. I walk, I go to the office, I come back and do everything I'm supposed to do. I within my strength. Fair enough, fair enough. And um, on this journey, I mean, you've been on Earth for twenty nine years. That's that's like quarter, that's like a quarter of your life in general. What yeah. has what has the journey been for you? Like, what has it what has it been like mentally? Um, you know, when you are living with a health condition, it takes a toll on your mental health. Uh, today you are fine. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Or even the next minute, you don't know because you can be fine this minute and then a minute later you're already in pain or you have to be going to the hospital regularly. So that's just a tool or your mental health. Not only the patients, even the caregivers because it's not really taking care of it. Person. You have to be going to the hospital regularly. If you go to the hospital and you just say, ah, Ah, well, our customer has come, oh yeah, you know, if you already have your bed, she you has everything, our customer has come, oh yeah, down Do they actually do things like that in Nigerian hospital? Ah, oh my God. Nigerian, in fact, God bless our caregiver, that's all I will say. But, but although they are really nice and super, super sweet ones, I'm not there, but God bless them. So you know, you go to the hospital and then you're already a customer, you have your bed, and I, ha- I also have a sister who is SS, so you can imagine. Sometimes, by the time I'm getting better, it's falling ill. 
you know, you are extending a little bed, back and forth like that. So it takes a toll on your mental health. But what, what has helped me all through these years um, um, is my support system. Like my parents, my siblings, even even my husband, they've been really, all of them have been really, really supportive, encouraging me, pushing me. They didn't even make me feel like, oh, you have to go tell her, you can't do this. Like, you know, whenever I have the strength, then my father would tell me to go and wash his car. I will pull generator. When there's no light, I'll pull the generator, put it on, change the sensor water. When you have the strength to do all those things. So they didn't make me feel like, oh, you can't do this or you can't go into school, you can't do that, you can't do this. And then I also I was also very intentional about picking my friends. I didn't want people that won't understand when I have to cancel last minute. So my support system has really been great over the years and that's what has really helped me mentally. And most importantly, God. Yes, you can't rule out God factor. That's really, I mean, first of all, shout out to your family. I mean, yeah. it, takes, it, it takes a brave heart and a loving heart to actually take care of someone through their ups and downs yeah. to actually look out for that's them. That's very true. So that's, that's very true. Now let's talk about how you transitioned from all this and picked a career path. How did, did did your condition influence your career path? Um, not really, not really. When I was young, I wanted to be a medical doctor. When you're small, you want to be everything. I just knew I wanted to be in the medical field. Mm-hmm. But when I was younger, I wanted to be a doctor. I didn't know how to become a social in Nigeria. But I, when you say I'm a biomedical engineer, this is what 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 was that? I didn't know I'll end up in this part. But when I was younger, I wanted to be a medical doctor. So you know, you go to science class and all that. And, and then I got to university. The Nigerian university will humble you. So. <laughs> <laughs> It won't be, you know, I, I think then I did um diploma in Unilag. In fact I entered for the medicine proper. You know, my parents were already happy, oh doctor this. In fact, I'm sure my father already told the whole world that his daughter is a doctor. I see with some of his friends that still call me doctor, they don't know I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so <laughs> you can imagine. So <laughs> you can imagine. I went out for the medicine, I did the diploma then, I, I didn't make the cutoff. So, and my second option was microbiology, which is almost similar. And the next thing, they just put me in zoology department, you can imagine. Wow. So I did my first degree in zoology at like As in, that, that was very terrible. It was, hor- was very horrible because I was wondering what I want to do with zoology. Do I want to do a pet or I'll go to the working in the zoo or what does that mean? So I did so even at that, by the time I um, continued the course, I even got to realize that even the zoology is a little bit intertwined with medicine. It has a part called um, um, parasitology where you study parasites and all those things that are causing all these diseases and stuff. Yeah. So by the time I got to that stage, I think I was already in year three or two. When I picked interest in it, it was already late. In fact, I did my IT in a hospital and I learned a lot. So when I finished school, I went back to the hospital where I did my IT just to while away time till it was NYC period. 
And then my boss at the time noticed that I had interest in equipment we were using in the hospital. If something is not working, I always wanted to know why it was not working or how can we do this thing that is suits us here in Nigeria. And then he just mentioned, oh, why don't you just do another course in biomedical engineering? So that was when I started researching and doing stuff. And then I went back to school. I did a postgraduate in biomedical engineering. And now we are here. Nice. So it wasn't really, really my health that influenced that decision. But starting the business, it was my it was my health condition that influenced that. Because anytime I had to go to the hospital or I had to do one test, it's either the person that can handle the machine is not around or the machine has broken down, there's nobody to fix it. So one issue or the other, so not like, so as people tell aside, other people with other health conditions, you mean they won't have access to this kind of equipment or you don't have access to people that can actually use the equipment. So that was when I started the business to be training people how to use medical equipment, to be repairing broken down equipment. Because if you go to some hospital, once the equipment has broken down, that's the end. They just, they just leave it in one size. That's it. So you're a solution provider, basically. Yes, I'd like to, I'd like to think. Okay. That sounds badass, by me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great, that's great. And in terms of setback, if you may, this is totally on you if you decide to share. What has been, what would you say? What do you say? In terms of setback, what would you say has been your greatest setback? I don't think about anything major like that. It's just the usual, when you've made certain plans, or you want to do certain things, that's when this because crisis just creeps in and then you have to slow down. So it's not like I've had any major setback or it has affected my school life or academic life or personal life like that. And I, the only thing I'll say it affected a bit was uh, my relationship life. Before I got married, of course, I met some people that didn't understand um, what failures. In fact, there was a time I was in a relationship for this close to three years, and that was when the guy realized that oh, I can't be going to, I can't do this, I can't do this hospital trip and all that. So let's call it off. So you can imagine after how many, how many years, just, that was when he realized that oh, I can't, I can't do this. Let's just end this. So I think that that was just it. I didn't really. And thankful, like I said again, my support system has been great. So they didn't allow it to affect me or anything. So, and they put it, um, I can do anything at the beginning. So I didn't really let anything like that affect me. So I won't say I've had any major, major step back like that. Okay. And what would you say has been your greatest victory? Um, hmm. <laughs> when you're living, okay, like for me now, I think every every little thing I achieve is major for me because you don't know what the next minute holds or what's going to happen the next the next day. So every every certificate, every course, every I don't know, every little thing I do, I count it as an achievement. In fact, I would blow it out of proportion. You'll see 
almost everything on my social media I post it there so every little thing I do every goal I achieve every plans and every plans I come to I count it as a major achievement for me yeah, that's actually great because like in life generally a lot of people don't we don't count the small wins because we think we need exactly. to make the biggest thing happen and it's very important like that I, these small things ex- matter to us. Very, yeah, every little thing. You know, I wake up in the morning, I'm not feeling any pain that day. I can jump, I can do this. I mean, that's an achievement. I go to bed, I, I can do 24 hours without having any pain. That's an achievement. I've not gone to the hospital in maybe one or two months. That's an achievement for me. So every other little, little things I won't count with. That's that's great. Um, in closing, if you could put out a word in terms of awareness for sickle cell, a word a word to everyone out there, and a word to people who have sickle cell disorder. So that's two specific messages. What would you say? Um, the word I tell people to educate. Like I'm always saying, education in in fact, it's very important. It's always like the number one thing for me. I like people to educate themselves so they can be more aware about this condition and stop stigmatization. And then, and I also encourage people to work to be advocates of their own health. They should be involved in decision making about their health. They shouldn't go to the hospital and then let the doctor do all the talking or let the doctor just give them any medication. They should know why, why you're giving me this medication and what is it for. If I use it, will I react to it? You even meet some, you'll be surprised that you meet some physical patients that don't even know their stable PCV. That's like their blood level. And that's something you should, you should know for somebody that is technically a regular hospital, um, hospital visitor. So you should know like your stable PCV. You should know what drugs you react to on a normal day. You shouldn't just allow the doctor to give you, oh, take this and you're going to use it. Why are you giving me this drug? What is it for? You don't just swallow everything. Mm-hmm. And then for parents, for parents, they should not allow their, their, they should not be afraid to allow their child to be a child. Let them have fun. Let them go out. Let them mix with other children. They should also be. They should also try to educate their children, school teachers, principal, on how to manage their child's health in case anything happens in school and they are not around. So the teachers will know how to care for this child, and they shouldn't keep their child number one. Like make them feel like they can't do anything. When you know that they are exceeding their limit, hey, you can slow them down. And then, like I said before, build a strong support system. Make sure your parents, friends, family members, even your spouse, they should be somebody that you can rely on. You know, there are some family members that you can't even rely on. Some of them don't even understand. So you have to make sure that those people in your circle are people that you can really rely on. And don't be afraid to ask for help. If you need help, don't be, don't be afraid to carry your phone to say, oh, I can't do this, help me. Not every time you have to be doing superhero. Okay. Sometimes our body, our body needs, our body needs break. And yeah, that's basically. All right. Um. Thank you very much, Bimbo. Thank you for being us. Awesome. Thank you for being awesome. Thank you for being yourself. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for you're about to blow. So when I'm starting my own business, I'll come and sit for from your hand. So just keep in your mind. No, no, well, I will blow together. <laughs> yeah. So um, before you leave us, I'd like mm-hmm. you to just put yourself out there. Where can we find you? Your handles, your company, even your office. Let's just come and hunt you down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am on Instagram um, at abimbola.pb. I also have my physical awareness page on Instagram is atwarriorstory.i. And then on Twitter, I mean, on Instagram is atwarriorstory.ng. On Twitter is atwarriorstory.i. My personal Twitter handle is abimbola on And then for my business pages, Atoyo underscore Meditech. Okay. Yes, before you run away again, I'm sorry I've seen that twice now. Where did Toyo <laughs> come from? Um, Toyo is actually from my middle name, Omotoyo. See, oh. when I started, a lot of people, a lot of people know me as my nickname, Bebe. Oh, okay. Only few people which have just met me recently that know me as Abimbola. So even it takes time for me to, if you call me Abimbola, it takes time for me to realize that it's actually me you're talking to. Because right. I'm already so used to that baby. So Toyo came from Omotoyoshi. And at the beginning, I didn't want, I didn't want it to be, I didn't want people to know the business as me at the beginning until maybe later on, which people already do now. So but at the beginning, I didn't want, I didn't want people to know that it was me at the beginning. That's why I used my middle name. I picked the toy up from the middle name. And then of course, Meditech from technology and medicine. Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's good. That's pretty good. Um, for the last time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're, a bus- you're a businesswoman and from everything you've said, it's obvious that you take your life one day at a time. So, yeah. I'd like yeah, you to give time. us a bold five-year prediction for either you or your company, anything in the world, a five-year prediction of what you just of your opinion of what this particular thing is going to be like. Um, five years time. Um, I'm okay. I'll be one of those uh, people changing policies and including everything healthcare and especially the culture in Nigeria. Changing changing things about healthcare in Nigeria. I'm hoping. Then in five years' time, I would apply fabricating equipment that's okay in Nigeria and Africa at large, and also be part of those policy changes concerning healthcare and especially sickle in Nigeria. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Uh, for thank everyone you. who is listening to this, this has been Bingo, and the main aim of this was to get an awesome person to come speak to us because that's what we do every other week. And in this case, it's a double-edged sword in the sense that we would like to spread the message, be aware of these things. So, um, for everyone listening out there, feel free to educate yourself. It's very important and education is very important about these things. Learn more, mm-hmm. support those who need support, live an awesome life. And I mean, there's, like the saying goes, there's enough space in the sky for all the stars. We can all shine together. And uh, yeah. Lastly, if you would like to listen to, sorry, if you if you listen to this episode and you enjoyed it, 
from now that you're here, I feel very shy. I can't see my my outro. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> if if you listen to the episode and you enjoyed it, kindly tell a friend to tell two friends to listen to the podcast and subscribe if they like it. Uh, and they should all get an education. That's very important for them also. And uh, lastly, yeah. you can find us on Twitter at oh, that Podcast. That's that's where we hunted down Bimbo after she refused us on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, oh my god! You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at oh, that Podcast. That's at o h d a t p o d c a s t. And finally, be patient with yourself and live life one day at a time. That's it. Bye bye, guys. Yeah. <laughs>